Homesteads and Homeschools as part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out This Week in Liberpods, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican. Hey, so what's uh, what's popping off out there in, in Podland, people? Welcome back to Homesteads and Homeschools. I'm your host, the Liberty to be here with you for another week of a wonderful interview with uh, a special guest. That special guest is none other than uh, Mr. Rollo McFlugel. He's on today. He does some some gardening. He does some growing of things, and uh, yeah, does does most of it himself. We talked about all that, all that fun stuff, and. Uh, it's a fun little little conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to keep it short because my computer is falling apart. So uh, less less things to edit means less chance for failure. So uh, let's let's get down to it. Let's go plant those Liberty Seeds with my guest, Mr. Rollo McFlugel. My guest today is uh, one Mr. Rollo from uh, Rollo and Sliver Show. Uh, coming on today to, I don't know, tell, tell us about some of the things that, that he does uh, with, with the dirt. So thank you for, for coming on today. I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you know, I, I see you on Twitter like posting pictures and talking about food and whatnot and things that you'd grown. And I, I know I, I reached out to you and asked what you you were doing and I figured it, it seemed kind of interesting. So I'm curious because I know you, you, it looks like you're just kind of starting more or less, right? Like in the last, I don't know, little bit, not too long or? Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Uh, I mean, I grew up kind of having my parents having you know, just small gardens around, but uh, I bought my house five, actually five years ago yesterday was the, was the settlement date anniversary. And, and I started, I guess I, I don't even remember when I did, but I, I built a couple raised bed boxes. I wanted to, you know, have a nice garden. I've got, I've got an acre of property now, so I've got some space, definitely more than I, than I grew up on with my parents' house and just kind of iterated throughout the years, um, immediately discovered that the deer population and rabbits and groundhogs, uh, Help themselves to the garden well before me. So I, you know, the the whole story, Peter Rabbit. You grow up sympathizing with Peter Rabbit, but now I am uh, absolutely on Farmer McGregor team. Yes, yes, sir. We the first year we grew sweet potatoes down here. I'm, I'm in Georgia now. Um, they they're growing amazing. They're just wonderful. And I went out one day and it was just mowed down. The deer just came in and just browsed like all of it down. They came back and we had an okay crop, but it was just like, man, now I got to figure out putting up a fence and fences are just, just obnoxious, you know, if you don't have to, but. Uh. Yeah. I, I kind of had the similar experience or certain things I would grow. I remember I'd Swiss chard and was getting all excited. I, it was, it was coming up really well. And I said, you know what, for dinner tonight, 
I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Swiss chard and, and, and have that. And I went that night to go pick it. Or maybe I saw it that morning when I got up going to work and it was mowed down to a nub, even tomato plants. They, they went after it er, early on. They just, you know, attacked it. Uh, but yeah, I had to, I had the four raised beds. I think they're like five, five by 10 foot. Um, and I kind of had them all in a, in a grid, you know, two by two grid. And then I realized, okay, I need, I need to put a fence up. And so that was the project that spanned over several years, <laughs> finally almost being finished this year, but I have not hung the gate up yet. It's kind of leaning on its side in front of the, uh, where the opening is, where it's going to be, but that's been enough to keep, uh, keep everything out actually just yeah it can i don't know i always i've always just had like a door for a fence that's like just like you had like leaned up against it where it's uh you know the end of a piece of chicken wire that kind of latches on you know just just from the stray ends being cut but just a little bit of a deterrent kind of helps there i think yeah well i was all ready to hang it and i built the door and was going to put it on and then i realized oh wait a second this door is kind of heavy and I'm not sure that the rest of the fence is going to uh, support it. So, cause it's at a like cedar four by fours is the, is the frame. And then I just have a weld wire. It's a weld wire fence with four by four posts. Um, and then I like one by six is kind of framing it out to make it a little look, look a little bit nicer and keep everything kind of snug and fit together. The fence was an interesting thing. Um, putting that up by myself. I tend, I tend to do things like a, uh, a caveman. And even though I, I love, you know, tools and equipment and everything, I, uh, I dug, dug the post holes out by hand, got one of those, uh, post hole, manual post hole diggers and did that. And that was, man, that was work. <laughs> and then, uh, putting, putting the, the water wire fence up, um, yeah, you got to really tighten that down to make it make it taut. And I, I didn't do a good job of picking the most level area of my yard. So there's some, you know, questions there. But it's one of those things where you, you, you do something by yourself. And when you're finished, you go, I don't even understand how I managed to, to do that. Um, interesting ways of, of, uh, of trying to tighten the water wire fences i was doing it you know you're able to you nail it to the one post and then you stretch it across and you watch videos online and and people have uh you know they they, they just get a, a come along and wrap it around the uh the bucket of the front end loader of their you know four ton tractor and you know, this is enough and i'm like well i can't really do that didn't don't have any trees even around me where i can do that um so i did I built like a, another little rig that it would um, offset against the last post that I could, I could uh, wrap around that. And, and also I put a jammed a piece of rebar into the ground and, and put the come alongs against that. Then, then it was time to pull that out and I realized well, that's not ever coming out. So I dug a hole and, and got a grinder and uh, there's, there's no, about two foot piece of rebar buried in the yard somewhere. Um, eventually, eventually for the last corner of the fence, I, uh, I had my brother come over to help me out a little bit. Cause I was going to do something that required, that really did require two people. 
a little thing, little thing I rigged up and um, bought a new come along and it was, you know, rated for like 3000 pounds, which uh, the way I did it, it wasn't, wasn't the smartest thing in the world because it was braced up against that last post. And uh, I had it taught and everything. And I said, you know what? Let me get it one more click in the ratchet. And I did. And boom. And that was the four by four cedar post snapping at the concrete uh, base. So um, that was uh, my, my th- three or four year old nephew was also there. And him, his presence kept me from just screaming out profanities everywhere because it was it was a horrendously frustrating event and i just looked at my brother and he's kind of laughing at me i said you guys could just leave so the worst part was i had to dig out that old there was no way for me to to repair it or anything i had to pull that uh concrete block out which um not not easy thing to do no i didn't have really have anything to really get good leverage with it i bought a uh, a farmer jack which is uh, an excellent piece of equipment. What, what is that? I'm, I'm it's uh, not sure. I just got a farm jack. They have other names for it, but it's uh, it's a uh, it's a jack, but it rides up this uh, almost like an I beam kind of thing with holes cut out. And as you okay. pull the lever, it it grabs each one. They they bring on like uh, off road trucks and stuff for when you get uh, caught in the mud or something. You can kind of jack your wheel and get out there. And they're great for for removing posts uh, when you have a post to lean it up against, because when you start jacking it, it's going, it starts, you know, pulling it like a, a cantilever on the bottom, so the top starts flying down, and there's just so much force on that that you can't really hold it. So um, trying to pull out a two foot deep, uh, probably one and a half foot wide, not exactly perfectly circular. Uh, concrete thing out of the dirt clay dirt um wasn't great so i ended up having to uh, uh chip it a lot and just go in there lean in and just with a a big old hammer mallet and a and a, and a, a wedge just just start chipping away at it until i was able to break off big pieces and then you know you get to the spots where you kind of dig around it to open it up but then that makes it so that when you hit it, it moves. So you're like, most of the force is getting, but I eventually got it out after, you know, <laughs> I put the new post in and then I don't, I don't even remember how I, how I did the, the well wire, tighten it up there and finish it off. But it's one of those things that like, even when you, as hard as some of those projects are like doing them, getting them done, like it's, it's just so much for me, there's just so much more value in, in that sweat equity that i have put into oh, it yeah. like i just i feel so much better at the end of the day and it's a good like look what i did i can't believe i just did that like we 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 rode we just um we have a couple of pastures here and the first one i had the neighbors come help me with because i'd never done woven wire and it's you know a couple acres for for goats or whatever and i did the back one like by myself and my wife helped me a little bit and but like you know i'm, I'm trying to tighten the the woven wire with our, our little you know two-cylinder diesel unit from 1970 and i got i got it going up on the the back wheels i'm like oh too tight too tight you know front end's coming up but uh (laughs) yeah it's it's fun fun stuff yeah i I tend to tend to do that kind of stuff a lot i'm in the process of building a retaining wall in the front of my house um 
And I decided to do the digging by hand to dig that trench. And it's 75 feet long. And it's kind of up a hill on the one area. And about uh, a half hour into breaking the ground to start digging, I thought to myself, well, now I understand why there's that old saying, it beats digging ditches, because this is... But it was one of those things where it's like, I know I can get, you know, some sort of, you know, run an excavator or even I did all the, uh, for the, uh, uh, the gravel, the base gravel to, to, to lay the, the blocks down there. I tamped that all by hand too. Uh, but it was just one of those things I wanted to say, be able to look at it and say like, you know, I did that. I did that basically with my bare hands. Um, I spent a little bit more time, a lot more energy, a lot more time, actually. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here. But. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's that little bit of satisfaction, a little bit more satisfaction yet to be like, you know, I not that my not that my job um, is uh, totally just sitting in an office. You know, there's a lot of field work I go out and do and and run around a, a chemical plant and everything. But still, it's nice to be able to um, be like, you know what, I may have more or less an office job, but I I could still go out there and get dirty and and, and be a man. <laughs> right on. What um. So you've got the raised beds then. Why, what, what prompted that? Why did you decide to go with like raised beds as opposed to, I don't know, something else? I don't know. I just kind of thought that, hey, this will be a kind of a simple way to kind of manage everything. And also, the so- I, I kind of knew the soil was pretty clay. So it would have been tough trying to break all that up and, and introduce new soil and, and, and go through that, at all of that. There are other areas as, as I'm expanding out. Uh, other pl- areas I'm growing directly in the ground um, with with different levels of success. Like you said, I am kind of am- pretty amateurish with this kind of stuff. So some some stuff works great. Some stuff I know what I do. I'm doing other things. I'm flying by the seat of my pants and either getting lucky or it doesn't work at all. And that's how you how you learn. Oh yeah, yeah. Get thrown into the fire. We uh, our our garden we had set up. Um, we used to the guy that owned it before us had uh, cows, and so right where he had like all the hay, it's all nice dirt. Um, and every place else around the house is just like cement and concrete. But man, I think we're gonna start switching over to like a raised bed system in the front because it's just like the water comes and washes it all. It's either clay or sand, you know, right. and it's either rock hard or it's everything's getting washed away, and it's just so much time and effort goes into building up that soil, and then see it all just kind of run off um kind of sucks but we'll see we'll see how that goes so what what did you use for your your beds did you use, did you use like um just pressure treated wood did you get go with the cedar did you i went with cedar how's that held up pretty good uh you know when you buy cedar it's it looks beautiful it's that you know that bright bright color and everything and then after a couple seasons it weathers a little bit and kind of looks pretty drab but it's it's holding up pretty well and it's doing the job so um, and there's simple enough things that if I ever need to replace anything that it's just popping out a couple, couple screws and, and putting new boards on. Yeah. We're going to bite the bullet and try it. I just always, always put it off. I don't, I don't know why something, I don't know, something about building, building raised beds bothers me. I don't know why, but so, uh, you, you got the four beds there. Is that, is four in the, the four or five? What'd you, four. I thought I remember four from the picture, but, um, what do you what are you growing? What's your, your season like? Uh, the, the plants I'm growing, man. Um, 
what kind of stuff can you grow or do you grow or what have you found? Uh, have you had luck with yeah, some yeah, stuff yeah. in the in the beds and not others? Or? So, so for uh, for reference, I live in uh, southeast Pennsylvania, very close to Maryland and Delaware. Uh, actually, in the the mushroom capital of the world, near right near there. So, I the original soil I put in the in the raised beds was spent mushroom soil, which has done pretty well. Um, but uh, things I've been growing like uh, zucchini. So, uh, uh, and the summer squash, they do very well, uh, too well sometimes. Uh, there's yes. been years where I've just <laughs> eaten nothing but zucchini. And well, good for you for eating it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and, you know, what's tough with them is that, you know, when you pick them when they're kind of small, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, mm-hmm. you look at them in the morning and uh, it's still a little bit too small. And then you, you go to work. And you come home and it's too big already. It, it, it's, it's insane how fast they grow. Or if you kind of miss one and don't see it, then you go and there's, it's, it's basically a baseball bat. And it really limits what you can do with it because it just becomes really woody. We, uh, we, we go through that all the time. You know, you, they're so little in the beginning. You pick them, pick them, and then you wait a little bit. And they're just huge. And like, I got some growing right now that have just reseeded themselves, you know, because I've just let them yeah. go. And it's amazing how, like, you, you don't realize, like, that, that summer squash is the same thing as, like, your winter squash. It's just, you know, edible at a different time. So when it grows out, you know, it gets that super hard rind on it. And just, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I also speaking of squash, I did uh, butternut squash and delicata for the first time this year. And the butternut squash, I thought the plant was died like a bunch of times, but it eventually kind of settled itself out. And and uh, I haven't harvested them yet. the The fruits are kind of small on that though. I don't know if that's just the variety that I have, but um, not not like the the big ones you buy at the store. But I already, I picked a small one before and ate it, and it was fine. Uh, delicata, I did harvest them because the plant did die. Uh, I've never eaten one before, but as far as I know, they're like kind of a little bit sweeter than a butternut. Yeah. When we, when I lived up, uh, up in Vermont, New York, that was, that was one of my favorites that and the, the sweet dumpling. They're just sweet and, and tender and tasty. Nice. Um, down here, we don't, don't do too well with, uh, the winter squash oh, yeah. oh, bugs, bugs just destroy them. So yeah, the bugs, <sighs> Bugs go after a lot of stuff, and I got to figure out how to manage that better because I grow uh, like collard greens, and um, and I've tried growing Brussels sprouts, and I've never picked a Brussels sprout because the bugs just destroy them. And what get, what gets them? Is it the the cabbage moths, the little white uh, green green? Cabbage? Yeah, they're there too. And there's a uh, there's another like little beetle that gets in there too. Uh, what's interesting about the the collard greens? What I do is um, I just wait until around this time of the year because those bugs die. And so it's finally, <laughs> you know, new leaves grow and, and, and you can actually pick them and they don't get destroyed. I actually had a collard green plant that lived for two whole years. I remember I was it over, over winter. Yeah. Two winters. And I was, I remember I was picking it in February. It was great. Um, grew, I've grown cabbage too. Um, I did not get to eat the cabbage this year. I had one you know, took well and, you know, I was growing this beautiful cabbage and another one where I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, this is getting ready to pick and I can't wait to do it. I'm, you know, this is, this is a great big cab. I'm going to make, you know, cause now when you buy a cabbage at the store, you just get the head. You don't get those little extra huge leaves on the side, but they're still, they're still useful. And I was like, man, I'm going to make the biggest galumpkies 
that the world's ever seen. Uh, just like a Polish stuffed cabbage. I was away for the week on vacation and I came back home and I walked over in the backyard to look at the garden and the gate that I never actually set up and just had it leaning was laying down. So I said, uh oh. And I went back there and the cabbage just had a huge couple bites out of it. And so it became, uh, did not get to pick that cabbage. Yeah. It's too bad. We, uh, we've done okay with bugs. Um, Sometimes there's some stuff that like I haven't figured out how to take care of yet. And do you, have you looked into pesticides and stuff? Are you trying to stay away from that? Does that matter at all to you or where, where you A little that? bit. I mean, it, I would prefer to keep it natural just for the sake of, um, you know, I don't know what some of those chemicals do to the environment and me trying to grow stuff. And also to me, um, it, it comes a point where it's like it's either have a harvest or don't have a harvest. So I'll be like, yeah, maybe I'll I'll get some pesticides, you know, do something in there. There's also like natural things. What's the stuff? Oh, I forget what it's called. That like basically like little tiny uh, shards of things that just like tear the caterpillars up. Uh, the 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 BT, um, I think is what you're talking about. The mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember. Can't ever remember it. Um, but yeah, that's we've we've not used that. We've had good luck spraying with like uh, ivory and and just water. Um, okay. And just that that it, something about like I think it like gets in their skin and like kills some of the soft caterpillar type things, but it didn't do anything against for the uh, the potato beetles. And they just you know those you had to go out by hand and, and the kids have fun like putting them in sour cream containers full of you know bleach. Oh and yeah, yeah. Ammonia and everything else, you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I hopefully this time next year I'm going to have chickens, and maybe I can just let them roam around in there and 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 pick some bugs off. Um, I've also done. Cause I, do you get? Have you gotten invaded by spotted lanternflies down there? No, um, not that I'm okay. aware of. I've, I've heard them mentioned a few times. I think when I was in Vermont, I remember starting to see some stuff about them and seeing some traps that they had like hung up along the roadways. Maybe what what is it or what do they do? Uh, they, they're an invasive species, I think from China or somewhere in Asia. And they're these, they're almost the size of cicadas. Oh, wow. Um, and they're kind of a grayish brown tan back with these black spots and, uh, these orange eyes and a little bit of red on them. They've got a couple different forms of larvae larvae before they form into these, uh, these big flies. And they, there's a certain certain plants and trees that they like. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of like tap in through the bark and suck out, you know, some of the, the liquid and then they leave behind this, this junk and it just like kills whatever plants that they're on. Uh, and they are, you can go out and kill a thousand of them and then come back an hour later. And it looks like you haven't done anything. Look at on the vegetables and stuff too. They, the only thing they went after um, was I was growing okra which is something amazingly does really well up here. And uh, what I did was I got just a spray bottle of warm water, uh, vinegar, and dish soap and just kind of sprayed around on the plant there. And that took care of it. I was able to you know, manage that. I also have a, uh, a grapevine and they were all over that. I just kind of gave up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fortunately, though, one of the the trees that they like are the tree of heaven, also known as ghetto palms, which 
you if, if you follow my Twitter, you also will see me just raging against the ghetto palms because they are the worst. They're they're these another invasive tr- species that um, someone brought in from Asia in the 1800s, I think, and said, "Look at this beautiful tree that we're going to plant in this botanical garden," and then it just spread everywhere. They're called ghetto palms because they're the ones if you're ever in a city and you see just out of like a crack in the pavement, there's a tree growing. That's what those are. Okay. And they grow. It's they they grow so fast and they they shoot these root systems out and they start popping up everywhere. And uh, the the property next to me was a kind of a <laughs> an old kind of crazy guy used to live there and then he passed away a few years ago and and so it was just uh, it looked like a, a haunted. Uh, or a, a horror movie could be filmed there. And so there are all sorts of trees and vines growing in these ghetto palms. And so I'm trying to like, that's, that's you know, the long part of the property butts up against that. So I'm like trying to hold back all this growth and everything. And it's just a, it's a losing, losing battle. Yeah. Someone finally bought, bought the property and they leveled everything. And then I think he ran out of money. So he had to stop and I was trying to sell it. So it's just <laughs> the weeds are, 10 feet tall there again and <laughs> but but eventually someone will buy it clear it out and, and build a house or something do and, something there yeah and that that'll really help yeah it's uh i don't know i i i looked i don't know that i recognize that that tree it looks like it's got some i don't know yeah hopefully you never have to actually see it because it's <laughs> they're horrendous and they smell bad too they don't burn well either so if you if you're like oh i can use this as firewood it's it's real soft and smells bad and smokes and it's ah man always always fun stuff (laughs) it's a it's i complain about this but i absolutely love it it's all labor of love (laughs) you have to it it is well and that's it like you can't like i don't know maybe some people can but getting like the food the amount of food you get from a garden space is never going to be enough to like fully provide, right? Like it might be if you really concentrate on it. But for a lot of us, like it, it just kind of supplements that stuff, you know. And, and it's it's got to be something that you love. Like I'm doing some meat birds right now, and you know, when it all boils down, the cost it'll be I don't know, probably about two fifty a pound. Um, and that's not bad for you know chicken that I've raised. But at the same time, like if I wanted to go to the local Kroger and get it for you know nine nine cents a pound when it's on sale, I, I could. Um, but it's it's just because it is. It's something you love, you know. It's something you enjoy doing, and you gotta gotta love it to do it. I think I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of that, there's a lot of libertarians out there who you see gardens and growing your own food, <laughs> and like, oh, that's the that's what you need to do and everything. And I. I'm like, you might want to do a little calculation to, to see, to, to, to make sure that you're not like losing money here and it's fine to lose money on it. If it's something that you enjoy. Um, I know like this, actually this, it's just me. I, I live by myself, uh, and a cat, but, uh, he, he's not eating the vegetables, but for the most part, I haven't really had to buy any vegetables outside of if I wanted something a little bit different or you know, I didn't grow onions or garlic or uh, celery failed. I didn't grow yes. carrots. Yeah. And, um, but otherwise I'm able to just uh, pretty much eat out of the garden. Uh, maybe sometimes it's, Hey, this, this month I'm pretty much only eating squash. And now because the, uh, I had bad luck twice with, uh, my tomato seedlings. I eventually got some uh, volunteers out of my brother's compost heap. And uh, so now they're finally 
you know, I've got a ton of tomatoes now, so I've been eating a lot of tomatoes, including figuring things, figuring out things to do with green tomatoes, which I think you suggested chow chow. Yeah. When I, when I posted it on Twitter, which I, uh, I definitely going to do that. Um, but I, I've been canning stuff now. This is the first time I've ever canned, canned things because, um, you know, I've, I've actually gotten a lot of production out of it, out of the garden this year. And I want to be able to preserve this stuff. And, and it's also another hobby. I, I love to cook. I love to do that stuff. I love pickled food. So I said, Hey, why don't, why don't I do this? Um, and just buying the cans, the Mason jars is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because of the COVID lockdowns and everything that people are doing more like home hobbies too, but everything's been sold out. I bought a pressure canner and uh, I had to wait a while for them to, for it to get fulfilled because everything was out, out of stock. And I, and you go on eBay and, and $50 pressure canners were going for $400. <laughs> I should have sold that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably would have made it and you could have waited a month and, and bought, bought a new one and, and done well, but man, it's, uh, that's why I tell people get all excited when they see um, I'm doing the gardening stuff and be like, oh yeah, really fighting the government with that. And I'm like, yeah, they're probably getting more tax money out of me for uh, when it's all said and done. So it's, it's just something, you know, I, I remember this was years ago, but I, I was talking to a guy at some uh, libertarian meetup and he, and he said, if you're not growing your own food, you're not, you're not even a real libertarian. <laughs> Um, there it is. Uh, okay. It's like, well, what if, what if you don't want to do that? What if yeah. you really hate being outside and being in the garden? Like you use your, use your skills, use your, use your talents for something that you're, you're good at. Do things that make your life more fulfilled. You'll get more out of it. And, you know, even if I am, you know, hurting the government a little bit by, by growing my own food, uh, there's a lot more value out of my own personal happiness than I'm going to get out of, you know, impoverishing the government by point zero 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 one percent. Yeah, no, I, 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 I will agree with that. I think, um, you know, it. I think for for me, you know, it's more of like that having the knowledge that like I know how to do something. You know, like I know how to provide some things for myself. I know how to do some of these things and whether I, I freeze them or can them or dry them or, or give them to a neighbor and, and build some relationships, whatever it is, it's something that you can do. And, you know, if you have fun with it, like that's, that's where it boils down to, I think, you know, as long as it's something you enjoy and something that like is I don't know, useful in, in the end. Oh yeah. And it brings a lot of joy to other people that, you know, you have someone come over and they see your garden and, and everyone's always like fascinated by it. And I mean, it's nature. People tend to just like, like nature, whether or not they want to actually do it themselves or not. But you know, it's, it's a great conversation piece. Or if you've got friends or families, coworkers, and you've got, you know, more zucchini that you can handle, you know, you know, people think it's the greatest thing in the world when you say, Oh, here's some, here's some produce from my garden and they love it. Or you, you know, I brought a, I, with those green tomatoes uh, this weekend, I uh, have 11 quarts of pickled, pickled green tomatoes and I could probably do another 11 quarts with the, with the tomatoes out there now. And I brought one into the co my coworker and he's, you know, I was like, wow, wow, this is great. Thanks. Um, Just building that like positivity, I think is, is, I don't know. 
I feel like it, it just gets forgotten in the in the grand scheme of things, and and maybe that's because I spend too much time on you know the the cesspool that is is Twitter, and but you know just just making other people like happy or or enjoy something for, just for the sake of it. Um, it's just I don't know. I feel like you can you can do that so well with with food. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's meals are one of the most important things for humanity. I mean, family dinner is just something that. You know, you could probably correlate that to how healthy a relationship you have with with your family. Um, pretty generally speaking, it's you know, are you able to sit down as a family and and have meals together pretty regularly? Um, I think that's pretty pretty indicative of of how close knit you're going to be. And I mean, that's what you go. How many first dates and how many dates are there to go out and uh, get a meal together? Um, you know, breaking bread is, is, you know, a very, very important thing. And, uh, when you can be involved in the thing that, um, makes those meals possible adds another dimension, uh, to that. For sure it does. So I'm kind of curious. I know you mentioned you're, you're thinking about getting chickens. Have you, have you looked into it much? Is it just kind of on the horizon dreams or is it are you definitely going to pull the trigger I definitely want to do it. It's one of those things that well, I have enough time to uh to be ready for it. So when I mentioned before all of that uh growth and brush from the neighbor's property, it's overtaking my property. It kind of overtook this uh shed that's on the side of the yard that was kind of dilapidated the shed when I uh, when I bought the house. Uh, the roof kind of caved in and everything. And, and for a while I was thinking I was just going to tear it down because I wasn't used, I'm, I haven't been using it. And then I was back there this summer, um, kind of looking, scoping out places I wanted to do stuff. I, I've kind of wanted chickens for a while. And then I was looking at it and I'm like, actually the frame of this is in really good condition. It's just like the siding and the roof are destroyed. So I'm just going to clear out that area. Uh, pull off all the the damaged stuff and just kind of with that skeleton of the shed, uh, build the chicken coop there. Good, good luck to you. Chickens are fun. They're fun. They can be be much sometimes, but they're they're enjoyable. I like the watching them run around and beat each other up and chase bugs is always good fun. Yeah, there's a lot of people in my where I live have chickens. I'm driving sometimes driving down the road and have to hit the brakes real quick because there's a uh, you know big white puffball on the side of the road. Actually, um, speaking of other predators of your things you're trying to do, I, I I came home from work one day in the middle of the driveway. I thought there was a little pile of leaves sitting there, so I went to go kick it into the grass. I look closer. I'm like, oh no, that's that's a bird. Oh, this is a chicken. This is a dead chicken. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, its head's gone. Oh man, just head completely like clean off, no neck, just gone. And I said it, I mentioned it to some coworkers the next day and, and my one guy's one coworker's like, Oh, that was a hawk. I'm like, really? The hawk would, he goes, yeah, they just bite chickens heads off and leave them. Interesting. When I was a kid, we had um, something come through and wipe out like all of our chickens and it did it kind of, it didn't take the heads off, but it definitely like took the neck. Um, and we had a hawk get a couple of our chickens and like they did, like they, Pick the meat like off the neck, like that was what they were eating was like the neck meat. Um, it was just the strangest thing, but uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, chickens, chickens have predators for sure, they do. Yeah, well, they're just like walking piles of meat, 
<laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But uh, I would also, um, I would love to do ducks, but that requires like a little standing pool or something, which might be I don't know how much I want to deal with that. But I love duck, and I always, I always keep uh, a thing of duck fat in the refrigerator. So when I run out of that, it's an excuse for me to go buy and roast another duck and uh, get get another pint of fat. I don't think I've ever had duck. Um, oh, it's delicious. We had a couple ducks. Um, they were supposed to go in the stew pot, but they ended up not. And they were they were smaller anyway. Um, we kept them for a little while, a long while. Um, and we did. We had a, a little, little kiddie pool for them, and it was just... I hate it. It was like too much work, and it wasn't, you know... And there were just two male ducks, so I didn't get any eggs anyway, and ended up giving them giving them to a friend um but a couple guys i know have ducks and love them so yeah it's uh if if i had a, a little like actual pond then yeah i'd probably probably do it i don't know that i would want to build a, an in-ground pond anyway uh having having standing water like that if i ever you know get married and have kids that terrifies me having having a pool or a pond and, and little kids running around um, but, uh, yeah, my mom actually, when she was a kid, they had two pet ducks and she lived in just like the suburbs outside of Philadelphia, you know, not, not places where you would keep farm animals and they would, they would let them outside and they would literally walk around the block together and come back and her, uh, her, a uh, very Italian uh, grandmother would apparently chase him around the yard with a knife. She wanted she wanted to slaughter him and cook him. Oh man, that's great. That's great. Uh, well, good luck to you. Um, and you know, maybe we'll check back with you and see how your your ducks are growing and yeah. see how you've <laughs> expanded. But um, yeah, I have too many eggs. Come <laughs> take the eggs. I want all these eggs. That's what happens, man. That's what happens. We, I, I we, I have uh, four kids, so there's uh, six of us. So we, we go through eggs like no other. But um, yeah, like when I was a kid, it was just the four of us, and we had just inundated with eggs all the time, all the time. Yeah, friends and family are they're, they're gonna because pickled eggs are good. So I'll probably end up doing a lot of that just to preserve them too. And people will probably be like, just like I had people say, you can stop giving me zucchini now. You can stop giving me eggs. This, I mean, you can't blame them, but like, I'm always some some of my neighbors, some people I know. I'm like, hey, you guys want some? I got some onions. You want some more cabbage? Or, you know, whatever it is that, that's just done really well, and it gets to the point. Where people are like, no, no, we're okay, thanks. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but hey, all right. So be, before I let you go, uh, I know you got a little little podcast out there, a little place people can go to find you. Um, what is that called? Where, where can they go? Sure. Yeah. It's. Uh podcast is called the rollo and slappy show been doing it about four years with uh my good friend and co-host slappy jones too uh you can check that you can find it at mcflugel.com uh we also have blog there uh we've been doing that for just over eight years and uh haven't been writing as much i i want to try to get back to writing a little bit more we've been focusing a lot about bitcoin uh more recently but kind of the podcast is whatever we really feel like talking about, usually with some sort of libertarian bent, or pretty much always with some sort of libertarian bent. But really just kind of kind of do a conversational thing, kind of like this, and just hash ideas out, have guests on sometimes. Um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, though. 
uh, also active on Twitter if you want to talk to me at Rollo McFlugel, and uh, you can find Slappy there too. All right, I'll, I'll put those those links in the show notes for people and encourage them to go go check that out. Enter entertaining. Uh, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, have a good night. Yeah. That's back without mr mcflugel i encourage you guys go go check him out um mcflugel.com i'll put those links in the show notes uh, the rollo and slavy show you should enjoy it you should enjoy it and uh i wanted to talk to him a little bit about the whole bitcoin thing and maybe bringing that into to farmers markets and how we can maybe do some of that and and I just didn't get the chance to do it so maybe another time maybe some other guest will come on to to speak how they use cryptocurrencies of sorts in uh, some of those those off-market places that uh, you may find yourself with an abundance of of goods that may or may not be approved by the FDA or the USDA or any other governmental arm. But I digress. So in the spirit of keeping it short, um, what have I got? What have I got? Uh, show notes, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 091. I'll have all those links in there that uh, Arallo talked about. You can go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon and buy your goodies over there. Thanksgiving is coming up. Uh, Christmas is, is not far away and uh, I get a little kickback. I know some of you guys out there use it and I appreciate it. It helps to offset costs and everything else. So that is a, a plus in my book for sure. Go leave a review on iTunes. Positive, negative, whatever. Uh, throw some stars up there and uh, tell me, tell me what kind of shoes you're wearing today. Are they ties? Do you velcro them? You just slip them on. Are you not wearing shoes? Are you dirty like me? What is it? And uh, of course, enjoy yourselves. Have a great week. Do something positive. Make somebody smile. Make somebody else happy. And uh, it, it all it all comes back. It all comes back. So uh, do that and ignore all the bad juju out there, man. Just so much of it floating around. Just ignore it. Forget it's there. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Come November 3rd, 4th, 5th, whatever it is, or maybe even into January, we'll, we'll all be all right. Almost guarantee that. But that's not what this show is about. It's about growing things. Teaching your children well. So go do that. Go sow those seeds of liberty so we can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Three.